friends, we are back with another episode of Bradishwar Diaries, documenting the journey and dilemmas of a millennial parent. This is brought to you by iCafe Podcasts, born with the collaboration of Tell Me Your Story and Zero Hour Entertainment. I am Koral Das Gupta, your host, and I look forward to an episode which must give me a lot of pleasure and you a lot of information. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Bradishwar Diaries. This, as we all know, is a fun uh, episode on things that we do with our children and things that we learn from our children. And today I have with me Richa Srivastava Mukherjee. She is an author and she's a very dear friend and she's a partner in comedy. I'd call her like that. So, uh, Richa, welcome oh, to Radish Padaisis. Thank you so much, Coral. And thank you for making this audio so I don't have to get out of my pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> that that's 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 even better. <laughs> yeah, that's the best thing about podcasts and especially during the lockdown times. We don't know yes. where we are at every particular moment. So, uh, we are as messed up as we are in face. <laughs> yeah. So, so how we do it? <laughs> exactly. So, so Richard, we usually start this uh, start every episode or every session with our guests in Bradishwar Diaries with one mm-hmm. simple question. which what is your bradishwar diaries so please tell us about your relationship with your daughter and the fun things that you do and the fun things that she does to you so uh, very topical because uh, one incident immediately comes to mind because yesterday remember we were chatting so i was t- i had an instagram live yesterday and mm-hmm. i was saying and you know uh, giving sage advice about writing and life and you know my in- my feelings and everything and right in the middle of it and i and it, it was completely out of bounds i was sitting in the hall and i had instructed everyone to stay away everyone essentially my 6 year old daughter and my husband mm-hmm. and uh, right in the middle of a very poignant uh, you know point out there i felt something shuffle under my feet and <laughs> i looked down and my daughter was waving at me saying mama bhukki I, you know, <laughs> at that point in time i was just like you know trying to maintain uh, a, an outward calm and i was just trying to kick her off you know from there <laughs> but then she understood and you know trying to shake her off and she quietly just crept out and then later she apologized but you know i mean in essence uh, that is uh, i think uh, you know maybe this that in in essence just explains how our relationship is it is chaotic it is fun it's interesting and it's quirky you know if that helps so uh, yes i am a typical parent in many ways and you know we like to tell ourselves every morning when we wake up that oh god look at what she's doing look at what she's doing i'm not like that and unfortunately we all fall into those you know typical uh, molds that you know typify parents but uh, i'd like to believe that the way i was brought up is uh, No, uh, my parents weren't. I don't ever remember being told uh, specifically to do something or study or be, you know, being asked to behave properly. Or maybe I've just blanked all of it out because there were four of us. I have three elder sisters, <laughs> but uh, you know, so I try to do a mix and match of everything. And uh, there is, uh, there is, you know, there is a line to be drawn when it comes to parents. So I'm not the come on, you know, you know, backslapping your parents kind of, uh, you know, relationship with my child where they can speak to me the way they want. So I think there is maturity. There is a, you know, certain sense of respect, uh, and you know, you draw the line when it comes to boundaries. But otherwise, I, I. you know there's so much to navigate around right now in terms of classes and you know her regular schedule and everything and i know that children are struggling as well they they seem to be doing a better job like we were discussing yesterday mm-hmm. of it than us and we are messes and they are better but yeah i like to think that i'm navigating through all of that while just uh, letting her be the way she is and just guiding her along 
and i hope she sees it that way there are times when i don't but uh, i hope she sees it that way so that's amazing actually what do you say that uh, you actually uh, do you actually manage to maintain that that difference or that line that thin line which actually differentiates between a friendship and um, taking anybody just the way that person is probably a lot for granted how do you maintain that thick very thin balance i mean it's a very very thin line um core you know that's what that's what i'm saying i think for them it's so much about i mean these are we're going to be touching upon a lot of cliches but those cliches are you know the wisdom that all of us were uh, you know have seen while we were growing up and you know those old nuggets never are never untrue they are you know the basic tenets of principles of parenting and they uh, they continue even now so uh, it's about emulation it's what they see around themselves and mm-hmm. uh, i don't think they learn in silos you know it's mm-hmm. about uh, there's a whole so i keep telling myself that papa you know my father keeps mentioning that they are uh, you know a crucible and mm-hmm. there's there's just a bowl in there and they you know we're putting things into that bowl every single day and they're absorbing and you know things into that bowl and one right now it seems like it's a mess and none of it actually uh, you know comes out and we don't see any of it in uh, uh, you know in practice but one it's all going in there and one fine day a nice uh, you know wholesome uh, respectful mature person is going to emerge from that crucible so that's 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 the way i try and look at it that everything that we do um you know is contributing to the making of that person so but i i would love to say, i would like to say that i don't think all of us are perfect so whatever is whatever she sees around her is far from perfect on most days exactly. so um so i try we try and make you know there are certain things that you can get away with with children seeing that you know mama papa and can do this but you can't but mm-hmm. beyond a certain point they're smart and they're mm-hmm. going to question you as to you know why are there limits for me and why aren't there limits for you Mm-hmm. so while we try to mention you know keep that decorum of you know respect and and you know you know these are this is an adult territory this is a child territory we mm-hmm. try and apply a few of those rules to ourselves and that is what makes her appreciate the you know her own boundaries better and even listen because the moment you're you know you're out of your shot then she'll be complaining and if you don't explain if we don't explain to her why is it that you know there are boundaries in place mm-hmm. uh, and not just scream and shout then she's never going to actually respect those boundaries that's a beautiful thing that you said richa you know that specifically the bowl thing which your father has explained to you that is actually mm-hmm. some a very strong takeaway from this episode which is uh, which is something that comes from our yester generation that you go on putting things in a bowl uh-huh. and at some point of time something beautiful will come out of it that's a really really brilliant way of explaining it i uh, so how do you, how do you manage coral as in is there anything that you you specifically do at home with your kid to maintain a distance between friendship and i mean maintain the balance see i don't maintain a balance for me it's absolutely a complete khichdi a total mix and match because uh, my son doesn't even call me mom he calls me by my name which is in we bengalis have that i read that in one of your posts yeah <laughs> i remember yeah so uh, i have a dark name and he has seen my mother call me by that and in his own brain he has interpreted that there's something special about this name so instead of taking i mean uh, not that he consulted me on in that uh, space he just uh-huh. uh, started calling me by my dark name something which my mother calls and he has figured that 
if I am very, very vulnerable about someone or if I am very, very about <laughs> someone, that is that female. And uh, if we have the competition, then that is that female. So... <laughs> I'm sure it's a sweet dark naam, but uh, you would, I mean, this must be a Bengali thing because my husband uh, calls his uh, father Babla and yeah. he calls his uh, mother Fatty. So I said that is clearly not a dark naam. This is something that uh, may be a Bengali thing, but you just don't refer to your parents as mom and dad. It's always some kind of dark naam, English or Hindi, and these ones are not nice. <laughs> yeah, in fact, uh, a lot of people in my family, in my husband's family, they were very shocked that how can he do this and how can you accept that he is doing this and I was like just leave him the way he is don't get into the territory which is completely completely mine and his I am uh-huh. fine with him, him doing that so when he That's did perfect. that yeah when he did uh-huh. that a lot of friendship elements came with that because by mm-hmm. the sheer call of mom or mommy or ma uh, that hierarchy has been dismissed having said mm, that sure. I allow him a lot of uh, things that he says which ideally you don't talk, uh, I mean, ideally you don't talk like that to your parents. But uh-huh. I allowed it to be like that and explained it that it hurts me and not that he shouldn't do it to me. Because uh-huh. I believe that if it's wrong or if it's, if it's something that should not be done, it should not be done with anybody. Be it your friend, uh-huh. be it your mother, be it a uh, relative, whoever. Because uh, sure. some, some things have got, you know, colloquially accepted as... Uh, as jokes or as acceptable mm-hmm. norms of friendship, but that doesn't make mm-hmm. them. So sure. I we sure. would rather have it uniform, and he would rather know mm-hmm. that what is it that he can do with friends, and especially a female friend, especially mm-hmm. a female friend, more importantly. So I am very, very conscious about what input I am giving him in terms of having a female friend with him at his home, and what is acceptable mm-hmm. and what is not. And that's very so, important. That's great. This particular arrangement works with him, works between us. And uh, I don't maintain that thin line, but I'm careful mm-hmm. about what uh, what he perceives as acceptable and what is not. Sure. I mean, you're the filter. That's perfect. Yeah. So, uh, you know, long before I had seen a film, it's a Bengali film. And in that film, I mm-hmm. remember the dialogue. It was a very crucial dialogue. And it mm-hmm. touched my... Uh, mind that uh, uh-huh. it was said that a child the guy said that a child should always see very consciously see and experience uh-huh. his or her father's and mother's struggles because when uh-huh. they see their parents struggles whatever be it it could be uh-huh. something uh-huh. very existential it could be emotional uh-huh. it could be technical whatever be it uh-huh. but when they uh-huh. go through that uh, struggle or when mm-hmm. they internalize the struggles of their parents, mm-hmm. they grow up mm-hmm. as better human beings in terms of understanding that particular language of struggle and approaching the greater world with that particular knowledge. Do you agree? Absolutely. It? Because, Kora, um, you know, that that is something I think as parents these days, you know, firstly, as soon as I became a parent, the first thing I promised myself was that I will never be judgmental, right? Whether it is about women going back to work immediately, whether it's about a pair, you know, a father staying at home, whether it's about daycare, whether it's about leaving an, a kid with a, you know, nanny the entire day, whether it's about decisions to send children away or, um, you know, or keep them with you. All of these decisions at every stage of parenting come with their own set of circumstances, you know, 
and you know the criteria that parents apply but what i do know is at the base of it they have the best interests of their child at heart hmm. that is that is for sure but uh, at the end of the day uh, so that that's exactly the, the the preamble was that you know the parents always have the best interests of the child at heart but while trying sometimes while trying to do the best for their children what parents tend to do is do them a disservice hmm. of you know placing them in this protective bubble and here i'm not talking about behavior i'm just talking about putting them in a boat where they think that they are you know rowing through life which mm. is absolutely rosy on either side there's no there's no tumult uh, you know it's not tumultuous there's no waves there's no rocking you know it's a stationary boat you know things are being supplied to me i'm going through my life in my you know own, own sweet way but that what that what that ends up doing is that uh, they have a very odd and skewed view of the world when they emerge from that ride in a mm. way to speak so to give you an example i i mean i don't talk about this much but i think it's very relevant here that we went through about 4 5 years of an intense struggle um keeping my mom alive because she had a degenerative condition she had liver cirrhosis and i went through some of my worst times there and uh, a lot of friends you know conventional wisdom i mean conventional from where it depends on where it comes from my, a lot of my friends told me that listen why don't you leave her with us and you know because you're doing these trips to the hospital and i'm telling you coral all our lives were disrupted at that point in time Mm-hmm. and it's amazing that we think that you know we need to filter the world out for our children but they are wise little people because mm-hmm. the way my daughter navigated and behaved herself during the times when it's not even expected of a child mm-hmm. it amazed me she seen me break down she seen me cry she seen me hold it together she's you know come to me and she's the one who kind of helped held me together her husband and me mm-hmm. and my sisters of course but you know she's the one who kept it all together for me so mm-hmm. they are way wiser and resilient than we think and um, you know now i know that everything that i have been through has mm-hmm. helped her understand the realities of the world mm-hmm. and initially she used to cry a lot about you know parents visiting and grandparents going and it used to really you know it was it was always about extremes of emotion ups and downs of emotional graphs and she is a very emotional person but now having seen that these are the realities of life i'm not saying that you know show them you know the the you know the extremes of pain and uh, you know anger and extremes of emotions but if you let them flow along with you you know mm-hmm. the the peaks and the troughs and help them uh, you know absorb what is it that life is really about on day to day it's about you know issues on finances you know mm-hmm. we talk to her about what are the implications of choosing something really expensive on day to day where does the money come from it's not all about you know you make a demand and suddenly it appears in front of you there are consequences you put in an effort there is a correlated reaction uh, there is a subsequent reaction whether it's emotions whether it's things you buy on a day to day basis you know i mean she learns and she sees sees the world through our eyes and i think and i hope somewhere that's helping her accept the world it is and we're not you know shoving her uh, into a false reality because then her world is going to come crumbling down yeah. which i have seen with some friends and some cousins unfortunately i've seen it that mm-hmm. you know they live in this amazing bubble and they're and they come out of it and they're so shattered you know with the smallest of things and mm-hmm. that leads to mental breakdowns now you know that's one topic we keep uh, discussing amongst us is that when we were children why is it that you know mental health why is it that these problems that you know take i know this is a serious topic but i often wonder about it that what is it that that is you know um uh, making children even think that they can 
think about i mean enter the territory where they can think about harming themselves about things like studies and not getting things and not being allowed to do things why is that what 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 has changed so it's just that i think children become so over sensitive because they're so over protected i think sometimes exposing them to the realities of life hardens them up in an appropriate manner i'm not saying send them to the you know mines to work all day and night but just let them live along with you every day instead of being in that protective bubble because i think that's really really very important hmm true that so uh i mean what you said made a lot of sense richa do you think that no uh, i mean did you talk to your child about uh, this lockdown phase this corona lockdown and if yes what mm-hmm. did you tell her and what was her reaction firstly can i tell you that uh, you know i honestly think i'll tell you why i'm saying this i mm-hmm. think children are covert feminists you know <laughs> why because i think um they are so utterly innocent and they see the world their world view is so utterly innocent that they see the world in a very objective and untainted way you know which we don't do sometimes yeah and during this lockdown you know there's a lot of you know topics in terms of home care hygiene things that women do things that guys do you know that somehow our entire world has uh, somehow constricted itself around each other right so yeah. there's more discussion about things that mothers do that fathers do you know a lot of these things so you know the topics range from inane things like why do women have to shave their legs and baba so hairy to you know <laughs> why is you why are you cooking more why is baba cooking less so everybody's pitching in but it's amazing how during this lockdown especially she's come up with such uh, you know cloying and annoying questions that have actually made you know my husband and i think about you know how we assume uh, our world view because we're conditioned now but you know help us look at the world differently so that's 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 something i really learned i mean i wanted to share that because i really think they they help us objectively look at the world and you know the balance and equation of men and women like that so i think that has been very refreshing from my point of view and just hearing her uh, point of view uh, on this topic otherwise uh, i think she is doing much better than we are uh we came back we we entered uh, bombay uh, we were possibly the last people to enter uh, bombay on the lockdown because we were away in delhi because i had to go see my father and we came back in like an apocalyptic kind of situation where there was nobody at the airport and we were walking on the roads trying to get back home so mm-hmm. i think the initial couple of days we were trying to find our feet and the schedule was completely all over the place as was with her so it reflected in her behavior so i think initially for the first 4 5 days all of us were all over the place mm-hmm. and then i think she i think one thing that is really important is some kind of a routine needs to be maintained for us and her that is what i understood that was way before the school began as well so a routine helps us structure the entire day and you know fill it with clusters otherwise right now it's about nothingness right it's mm. an it's a cycle one day is going into the other and we don't know where to start where to begin and where's the end so i think that structure really helped and once she got into the structure and once we got into uh, that some kind of a routine that's when things kind of normalize so of course the whole house has become a dexter's laboratory because what fun <laughs> things to do when you know you don't have to step out so there's um, which incidentally reminds me that i woke up at 10 uh, at in the morning and today she's under standard instructions that on saturday sunday please let me sleep because otherwise you have to wake up at 6:30 to get her ready for online school supposedly yeah. whatever they do there and uh, so she came to me with a alum, with an aluminium bowl and i looked at her and it was very hot and she said mama 
I'm sorry I didn't do anything for you for Mother's Day because I had a very painful Mother's Day and I, I incidentally ended up crying the whole day because I said nobody loves me and you're you know you're just irritating me. So she came with a cake and she had made the cake in an aluminium bowl in the microwave and I could smell something you know some smoke coming on from somewhere. So yeah. So then my husband jumped up and he was like what what and I just told him I said don't scream because it was the intention. It was just sweet yeah. that I think she was just trying to. make it easier because i was saying i don't have anything sweet and this that and the other so she tried she made a complete mess but she tried to you know uh, so i told her it's the thought that counts it's very sweet so yeah i think we're managing there's a lot to navigate around because she has her classes her kathak and tabla which she enjoys that's why i'm continuing but it's uh, too much of the digital screen i mean too much of screens right now but we can't do anything about that that's another lesson for me You know, again, I keep re- referring to what my dad used to say, saying, "You know, the things you hold on tightest to, and the, the more you're rigid about, life has a way of softening you up." Because <laughs> I used to be about this, and you know, no screens and nothing, and only TV on weekends and now. And then life came around, and the lockdown came around, and said, "Here, slap on face." You know, now try to control the screen time. So, yeah, that is out of my control, and uh, I just try to keep it to a bare minimum. But uh, yeah, I think with finding ways of navigating around each other's lives around this time i mean i completely agree with you because i spent a lot of you know sleepless nights to strategize that how can i make sure that my son doesn't fall into the peer pressure of getting digital and i made sure mm. that he was off tv and screen and mobile and all that and he his exposure is minimum and now i can't do anything about it uh, especially that Absolutely. his school is closed for uh, summer vacation and right now there is nothing called virtual classes for him and i was grossly uh, mm-hmm. dependent upon ramayana and mahabharata so so thankful to uh, whoever had planted it on indian television at this time so that oh wow koral there's another there's another lover here i she drew me a drawing yesterday and she told me that uh, i love arjun and arjun loves me i want to marry him that's what's <laughs> happening so yeah so they're fellow lovers here as well ha uh, sorry you were saying oh, so uh, so yes uh, but the good thing is that i tried to talk to my child about various uh, ramayana and mahabharata characters i or in fact he tried to talk to me and those were interesting uh-huh. conversations because what uh-huh. i said was that he loves to read and he uh, kind of uh, jumped into he had a krishna book he had ramayana uh-huh. mahabharata with him comic strips which he never touched uh-huh. before but now that he is watching uh-huh. it went back to them tried to figure out and tried to ask me all kinds of things that this is written here and who is this it was not uh-huh. shown on tv So those things hmm. started happening, and then his birthday was on Buddha Purnima. Uh, oh. So I tried to talk to him about Buddha, and he tried to, you know, immediately draw a parallel between Buddha hmm. and Krishna. I have no idea where that came from, but he tried to oh, ask wow. about things from Krishna and tried to <laughs> correlate it with whatever I was telling him about Buddha. So those I felt hmm. uh, these were interesting things that were entering his head. so i was thinking mm-hmm. well i mean worried about the fact that mahabharata is far more violent than ramayan and mm-hmm. take it remember there used to be a saying ki pe agar klesh nahi karna hai to matlab don't don't keep the mahabharat in your in your house my dad used to tell me that earlier till he discovered that i'm a then i'm a fanatic of mahabharat because i think that is like the perfect story 
that that's the most perfect story ever written it has everything and i still get goosebumps so i like as a child i have been crazy about mahabharat and papa's like ramayan ka tatthi kya hai ramayan ke bare mein baat karo i said nahi i want to talk about mahabharat because i just think it's it's perfect in 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 essence it has everything you know and it uh, it's very interesting that you're mentioning this koral because she's 6 years old right so it's very difficult for me to explain to her firstly the the language there are certain words that she doesn't understand and there are certain concepts which are very hard so i was having a discussion with her about dharm and adharm hmm. and it's amazing that she she was just sitting and i was trying to explain to her how everything is not black and white and there are gray areas hmm. that krishna ji ye this was his chhaliya avatar where you don't you don't look at the white you look at the grays as well right hmm. so i was trying to somehow in an you know child friendly language trying to explain that to her and uh, there was a scene yesterday where uh, arjun and duryodhan choose between you know the army and uh, the rath and krishna ji right hmm. so then i said what do you think he chose and uh, she said uh, mamma i think uh, krishna ji is trying to tell them to go to war but he is trying to trick duryodhan but i think that is adharm but he is saying adharm is all right right now and i was gobsmacked because i was like how the hell did she you know gas that so i mean i under, i mean all of it wasn't in in entirety true but you understand the essence that she got it that you know okay. there are ways of looking at things differently when you're trying to do the right thing so i mean it's very interesting that and i'm very glad that you know ramayana and mahabharat it's it's eternally uh, constitute i mean maybe it's just like a family member around our house because everybody keeps drawing from it my uh, i think my father is a he was a civil servant but he was a closet uh, what do you call those uh, pravachan those kathakars mm-hmm. <laughs> the one you, who give pravachan so we already constantly hearing about ramayan and mahabharat but it becomes it's it's become a very interesting convergence point for you know ideas and you know you know let, help, helping us have conversations around it so you're right it's very interesting yeah and uh, given that uh, mahabharat and ramayana are the most elementary storytelling that happened when we were children of course told by mm-hmm. our grandparents and uh, now i am very 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 because uh, my child doesn't have his grandparents most of the times around him to tell him those uh, folk tales or these stories a lot of our interpretation came because of the way it was narrated to and a lot of hmm. their interpretation is coming because of what they are seeing on tv probably and uh, hmm. I, i don't know how they are taking it but what i understand is that their their thought machinery is in action and as much hmm. as we are uh, we we are given access to that what they are absorbing hmm. isn't too threatening and that is what makes absolutely sense. yeah yeah seriously what i mean how they observe it and what you know how it gets interpreted is completely up to them and what you said about grandmoms and stories it just made me remember that uh, i think my um, my grandmom my dadi didn't like me the like the least bit because i think i was a very mischievous amongst all the four sisters <laughs> and she i think she deliberately chose me just to tell me a uh, horror stories can you believe that am i in my my earliest memories of horror stories shouldn't normally be attributed to dadis right because they tell you about nice stories dadi maaj you know dadi maaj jhuli and all of that all those tales that come out and she told me about uh, dayans and chudels jinke pair hote the and all of that and she she really terrified me as a child 
So I think she altered me when I was growing up. And as a result of that, I've always been fascinated with the uh, horror movies. So that's another thing. I think, un- unfortunately, Anika is going to become a horror franchise fan or even books. <laughs> I think her first official big book is going to be Edgar Allan Poe, thanks to me. But I attribute that to my daddy because she started the, <laughs> the domino effect from there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you say this, I remember that uh, when I was shy, obviously the same thing happened in every houses. Uh, when we were good, we heard good stories. When we were bad, we heard terrible stories. <laughs> so uh, I remember that on a particular uh, notorious day, my one of my mommies sat us, some of the cousins down, and she tried to tell us the story of something called Skondhokata. The Skondhokata in Bengali means Skondho is Khan. That's one of my favorite stories. And I think yeah. I've told Anika, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that is the shoulder. And shoulder, uh, cutter, for the audience, I'm saying that this is someone who is off shoulder. So there's no head. <laughs> but of course, we were so small that we didn't understand the meaning of Spandhokata. The name itself was so funny at that time. We so felt, cool, yeah. Yeah. The moment my mommy mentioned that, you know, and with all expressions, she said, you know, there was Spandhokata. And... I started laughing like really, really loud. <laughs> and what kind of a name is this? And when I laughed, the rest of the cousins also started laughing. So that entire her whole <laughs> the effect was <laughs> yeah, that girl had totally fallen flat. And she, I remember <laughs> her still that how frustrated she looked that these stupid females <laughs> they really know how to smile each other. <laughs> That's what, deflated my tire, so to speak. Totally. <laughs> No, and another one I've heard of and I've been trying to employ other than Skondukata is uh, basically uh, my newest one is Shark Chunni. So this is exactly how my uh, father-in-law narrated it to me saying, Shark Chunni comes and says, Ama ke maach dao, Ama ke maach dao. So now instead of the same reaction happened with Anika, that's a, there's another one called Shark Chunni. And because of the way her father, my father-in-law has said it, she starts imitating it saying, Ama ke maach dao. So Shark Chunni is no longer scary. He's become like this. <laughs> You know, jocular little, uh, I don't know, specter somewhere. So yeah, I'll have to look dig for a few more. <laughs> awesome. So does your, would your daughter do something like that to you? I mean, what are memories? Do you have some memories where you try to do something with your daughter and she just messed it all up for you? There are actually many memories like that. But something I, I remember comes to my mind is I used to go to <clears throat> Nasik very often. Yeah. And uh, to, you know, look after my pa- my mom because they were there. So one fine day, she was really misbehaving herself. And she must have been around three, three and a half. So then she comes to me and I said, Anika, I just had it. I'm at my wit's end. I cannot handle this. If you behave like this, I'm going to stop the car and I'm going to leave you on the side of the road and I'm going to go. All right. Do you know what's going to happen then? So she actually sat down. And she was mulling it. I could see that, you know, her, you know, mental machinations have started. So then after a whole minute of me standing with a red face, she looks at me. She's like, Mama, if you leave me on the side of the road, I will stop the next car. Ask the uncle auntie to drop me home. (laughs) I just looked at her and I said, "Mm, how dare you? So I didn't know whether to laugh (laughs) or or to get angry because it had kind of failed at that moment. But uh, it was a little funny. So, yeah, I mean, and she she has these, she does and says these odd things. So, what I've done is, um, as you know, Coral, 
writers have a lot of diaries i have about 18 diaries and every time uh, anirban wants to throw in one of through one of them i justify why and what portion of my thought processes have gone into that diary <laughs> so there's one diary half of which i have written down as anika and i love writing it down because i don't think i'm a digital record keeper i'm terrible i lose pictures i lose data so for me it's all about you know i really love to you know note it down so one half of it and uh, i just ask you this is your yeah. does your handwriting have anything to do with that do you have a good handwriting <laughs> terrible in in my dad's words he said it looks like an ant has accidentally <laughs> dipped its hind legs into uh, ink and is dancing on the paper to a doll that's exactly what my dad said <laughs> about my handwriting so unfortunately no such uh, uh, you know handwriting prowess there but yeah it's so I one half of it ha i asked you this because one of my friends friend just does this what do you say because uh-huh. he loves his handwriting and doesn't get enough time to write down or because everything oh, is lovely so i just thought that i ask you this <laughs> no so no such luck there but uh, yeah so i mean i one half of that book is called anika's antics mm. and i put down a date i put one of her buffards or something you know hilarious or stupid that she said and i've got about 100 of these entries so every time i you know i feel a little morose or something i just go back and then i read through all of it and it's hilarious i think kids are so unintentionally that's what i said the innocence becomes so funny you know whether it's their pronunciation or you know innocent you, you know world view it's just so refreshing and i think that is something you know you were asking about the lockdown and i think during the dreariest of times and unfortunately coral i think that's this is pretty much half of the population but i am you know there are personalities there was this one lady i met once who was explaining energies and how it has an effect on different kinds of people according to their personality so apparently i'm a sponge personality and there are people who have personalities like stone so a sponge obviously understandably will soak in everything around so mm-hmm. one thing i've had to do deliberately is shut myself off from a lot of things that are happening because i'm the kind of person who will absorb news my husband will go he is basically he should be called in by anand goswami because you ask him about anything about volkswagen forget about that you ask him about covid updates and facts and figures he's got sheets like spewing out of his ears so he can be called on any show so he can take in that much data and take in information and it will not affect him but if i read about migrants if i read about anything if i read if i take in any distressing news i get a headache i i process all of it so mm-hmm. i have actually had to you know shut myself off to be i know it's selfish but i have had to you know to each his own and that's how i am surviving right now by kind of deliberately shutting myself out but one thing when i feel really down in the dumps is i just ask i just put on my um, it sounds like i'm you know setting up a darbar for her, but unfortunately it works for me like a she's not a court jester but i just ask her to you know stand in front of me and just or sit with me and just talk to me because you know they just i mean she helps me um just feel calmer and feel better and in that moment i forget everything and i know it sounds you know too simplistic but that's the effect kids have on you right i mean they don't carry uh, the future and worries and anxieties on the shoulders the way like a kolu ka bel we you know carry with us every single day mm-hmm. and just sitting with them when you when i'm feeling like i remember this the when the announcement happened on and on the 8th he was announcing economic packages it wasn't like he was talking about an extension of the you know lockdown or anything but i in that moment i just felt that you know i was under water i was feeling really 
I didn't know because we all were waiting for an end point and there is no end point. Yeah. So, you know, you know you I felt so overwhelmed at that point in time and it wasn't because of the exertion or anything. You know, sometimes you've just mentally had enough. So, I was yeah. just st- sitting there and Anika comes and she knows that every time I I'm feeling a little upset, she starts making these random funny faces which are not funny in the least, mm-hmm. but I don't know where she's got a spirit of some court jester from a previous, I don't know, birth where she just starts doing these odd things and you know doing these trophies and i don't know what she was doing she was doing somersaults and hanging from places and it just made me laugh so i try in especially during the times when i'm feeling really upset and out of sorts i just try and spend time with her because i think kids just help oh yes they do i have uh, i had once told my son that uh, if i am angry or if i am upset just come and hug because know that that is something that i'm not getting and i really need so uh, initially student but then now hmm. later he actually one day i was very very angry and he didn't know hmm. what he, he was scared and he didn't know what to do with so he just remembered that he thought that he should as well try and figure if that works so that day i was so but that's really that is really nice oh yeah 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 that uh, that is actually very therapeutic both for me and for him that actually so when i i am upset when you do that or when mm-hmm. it does that to you it is immediately a, it's an immediate stoppage whichever phase you are in absolutely no and i think all parents are trying to be sneaky and do this so i think day before it was one of those days where obviously i mean it's not easy on them either right so she's a little more chollish she's a little more argumentative than you know she normally is so mm-hmm. then um uh so you know it was one of those days and we said listen this these are the repercussions of what is going to happen and here is an agreement so for the first time i sat her down and we actually wrote a list of things that is part of that agreement signed by all of us in terms of what all she's supposed to do not misbehave this that and the other and the correlating uh, you know the the punishments along with it but yeah. right at the end the last point the reason i remembered this agreement from day before was uh, i sneakily put in the 10th point was i promised to hug and kiss mama and baba 10 times a day so <laughs> i just snuck that in it had nothing to do with the agreement but it just feels very very good so yeah i snuck that in as well <laughs> okay last question richa before we end this post lockdown what is it that you are looking forward to do with your daughter i think that people have a long list of restaurants and of course you know we're all travel buffs in in every sense of the word we want to go but the first thing i and i want to meet my family and there's a whole long list but the first thing i'm going to do is i'm going to a garden a big garden i don't know where i'll go maybe i'll have to go to sanjay gandhi national park because we live in bombay and not delhi mm. and i'm just going to spend an entire day even if i have you know even have to burn and you know i become black at the end of the day i don't care I'm going to roll around and just be outdoors the entire day. I'm going to spend an entire day in a garden park something and mm-hmm. I refuse to come in for one entire day. That's the first thing I'm going to do because I think my lungs, my soul, my body because I I'm often called a green plant by my uh, by my uh, family because <laughs> I I I wither when I'm in the indoors. I I thrive and mm-hmm. you know survive when I'm in the outdoors and I can't do that right now. So uh, I think that's the first thing I'm going to do. I'm going to spend an entire day soaking in the breeze and the and the trees and the the sky and I'm just going to be outdoors. That's splendid because we all really really need to get out of this and uh, no and that day actually comes. 
but till then just everybody says patience it's a very i mean i never knew that patience can be so difficult a word i just thought that Surely. it could be something like you stay quiet for a time and then it passes away but this passes away doesn't happen so easily right now so when this actually patience when the word becomes obsolete i'm waiting for patience to become obsolete <laughs> really and i'm also waiting to become a digital hermit <laughs> well which we can't do right now but till yeah. that day comes yes i just hope it's a little easier on the world and yeah, uh, yeah that we keep our patience till that time comes yeah until so. then thank you for drawing me uh, out and it was otherwise i would have been uh, back to my bhindis and tindas by now but <laughs> i've had a great conversation this yeah, was like a, a, a fireside chat oh yes 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 these it's chats so are actually a little more same it keeps me a little more same because i get to know that the world exists it's not that it's just yes. a four walls and just three of us and outside really? there, it's not like that people exist and we'll see them. that's true no and that's another thing this one more point i wanted to put in you know the because um we are fine as adults we have our ways of coping but for kids who are being brought up in this environment and you know it's a little too early in their lives you know and very formative years so my daughter's very gregarious and uh, she's always she's the kind of you know person who if i'm walking out downstairs i look around and she's already walked off with some stranger holding their hands and singing and skipping but now it's gone to the other extreme where i took her down for some fresh air for 10 15 minutes wearing a mask just under our building and a a gentleman was coming from the other end and she just turned the other way and made a scowling face saying mama he looked at me and he waved at me so i sat her down and i said baby this is going to end at some point of time we're going to go back to being normal human beings and then you know we don't want to change who we are it's just for a couple of months so i think that's important to keep reinforcing that especially for younger children that this is not the way you're supposed to remold yourself the world will hopefully come back to normal and we can't change as people so you know don't take all of the social distancing and you know uh, uh, being averse to uh, people to heart and don't let it become an intrinsic part of you because this is going to change and you know when the world becomes normal again so i yeah. just thought i'd mention that this is a very weird learning phase a very tough yes. learning phase but uh, i'm sure the learning will end and we will uh, yes we will be promoted to the next class promoted i use this word very consciously <laughs> <laughs> yeah really promoted because right now wherever i think about a classroom setting i think the that schools trying their best but yeah. every time i am sitting and cooking something or doing something in the other room all i hear is mess can i go to the bathroom mess can i do potty <laughs> that's all they do all for four and a half hours or the teacher saying go touch the door go touch your mama's button come back and i was just like listen you know let them not be exposed to the screen if this is what you have to do but i guess everyone's trying so yeah so much for digital learning right now absolutely thank you so much richa i had a great conversation with you and it was so nice to likewise coral dear listeners please do reach out to us with your thoughts on hello at icafepodcasts.com if there is something significant that you have to share which benefits our audience we will invite you to speak on our show bradishwar diaries is brought to you by icafe podcast please subscribe to www.icafepodcasts.com or hear us on all other audio apps stay tuned with us we are bringing this on icafe podcast